I don't know which one was my favorite, um, your first one or your second one. So if you could come back next week and do them both again, <laughs> we might vote. What do you think? You think that's a good idea? Do you have any home remedies? Anybody have like some family remedies for the common cold or the flu or am I the only strange family? Anybody with home remedies? Okay. If, if somebody has a cold or the flu and they're in bed and you haven't gone to the doctor, what do you give them? Okay. I know somebody would mention castor oil. <laughs> Thank God castor oil was a generation ago. I think we quit doing that. It's called child abuse now, but I know that you did that back then. Castor oil. How many of you had castor oil? More than half of us here have had castor oil. Uh, Kay said chicken soup. We do, we do chicken soup when somebody's ill. Or, there's not much a saltine cracker can't cure. Do you get saltine crackers when you do it? What else do you do? I didn't, I didn't hear. Honey. And lemon. What does that do? Burns your throat. I've told her the front row that bourbon in it burns your throat, but I, I'll leave that one alone. So. What else? Other home remedies. What about poison ivy? What, what kind of a home remedy do you have for poison ivy? Anybody put Clorox on themselves for poison ivy? I've done that. Uh, oatmeal. Kerosene is a cure-all for a lot of things. People use kerosene. Octagon soap. Octagon soap. Yeah, they, uh, they don't make it anymore, but it would, it would work then. It's funny the things that, that we try. Ma'am? Clorox on a bee's thing. on a bee's thing. I've heard that. Kale pepe. We'll fix all sorts of things. Um, I remember uh, if you get burned, and I've specialized in burning myself several times, uh, you have the aloe vera plant in your window, some of you do. Vanilla extract is good on a burn. I don't know if it helps, but it sure makes you feel better or smell better. And so I've tried that. When Paul Harvey pitched, do you remember Paul Harvey pitching uh, soaking raisins in vodka to help arthritis? Do you remember that? Paul Harvey recommended that? Vodka or gin? Gin. A lot of Baptists ran to the store and bought gin. I guarantee you, Paul Harvey said so. We listened to, to Paul Harvey. If I told you today I had a cure for all your aches and pains, you'd be interested, wouldn't you? I don't. Sorry. Can't help you there, but I do have spiritual help. What if I told you today, if you do what I say from God's Word, your life will be better? Interested? That's what we're going to do. Before we go there, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house, and we are thankful that uh, your word teaches us how to live and how to be, and sometimes just how to pray. And so today we ask that you be close to us, that we would absorb what you want us to absorb, that the Spirit of God that inspired these words to be written will write on our hearts and inspire us to listen and to act. Father, be with us today as only you can make your word come alive for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to look at the prayer of Jabez. It's on the very front of your bulletin. Uh, perhaps you remember the little book written by Bruce Wilkerson, 
Wilkinson, uh, under 100 pages, little bitty book. It's a great book, uh, easy to read. I highly recommend it. Uh, and it brought this prayer to light. Oh, I guess he wrote the book late 90s, early 2000s. And I want us to look at this Jabez character and see what it is that he prayed and how we can apply that to our lives today. If you have your Bible with you, before we look at anything on the screen, thumb through the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles. If you have your Bible, find 1 Chronicles, thumb through the first nine, name after name after name. Some familiar, most hard to pronounce. And honestly, these are the parts of Scripture that we usually skip, don't you? You try to keep going until you get to something good. And so we, we fly by this until we find something. It can be like counting like sheep, counting sheep, reading these names. Don't do this at night before you go to bed or you're going to fall out. When we get to chapter 4, our first chronicle, the historian interrupts the genealogy to give us just a little blurb about this man named Jabez. We look at verse 9 first to tell us a little bit about it. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. That's really all we know about him other than the prayer that he uttered that we're going to look at in just a minute. There's no other mention of Jabez in Scripture. We learned that he was honored more than his brothers. Was he special? Was he the favorite child? Was he a mama's boy? Well, it seems not. Look what she named him. Jabez, which in Hebrew means pain. That's a tough name to have as a kid, don't you think? It's a name that you yell at an umpire or a referee. It's not a name you give to a newborn. I guess it'd be like naming a kid today, this is my son nuisance. This is our daughter, Agony. I don't think you'd do that. I wouldn't recommend it. So, how did he become so special? Well, I think verse 10 explains And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Here it is. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him his request. And that's all we know. Verses 9 and verse 10. You could memorize everything about Jabez in Scripture. In this prayer, Jabez prays for more blessing and more territory and more power and more protection, and I think it's a good thing he's doing. Have you ever noticed that some people don't pray for themselves? Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, I don't pray for myself? You ever heard that? A lot of people practice that, that they don't pray for themselves. Let me tell you, if you're one of those, you better get over that. Nobody knows your needs more than you do. Nobody has the interest in your life more so than you, and so you ought to pray for there's nothing wrong. There's nothing bad about it. We pray for others, and that's good. Scripture teaches us that we ought to, but Scripture also says we ought to love others like we love ourselves. So 
start with you when you do your prayers and then move on. Don't just stick there. Then move on and pray for others. Love yourself enough to pray for yourself. It's okay to pray for yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay to pray for yourself. I want them to know that. Jesus taught us to give us this day our daily bread. That's praying for ourselves. So, it's okay. So, what did he say? He begins by saying this, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. The indeed is an exclamation point on prayer. In today's language, uh, we would say, God, we want you to over-bless me. God, over-bless me. Give me your best shot. Do whatever you can do. Bless me indeed. Give me all you can. And we lose a little bit because we use the word blessed today in a lot of different ways that don't mean an awful lot. Somebody sneezes and wants to bless you. We say a blessing for our food. When somebody goes through something, they bless their heart. It's something we say. In the biblical sense, blessing meant God's supernatural favor. It meant God opening the doors of heaven and giving what only God can give. It's defined very well in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, about Abram's life before he became Abraham, what God said I'm going to do in blessing him. Look at this, just the first few verses. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And in you and all your families, the earth shall be blessed. God causes that word around a lot because God knew what we store. We have the, rest, the, the luxury of reading the, the rest of Scripture. We know how God supernaturally favored Abram to Abraham in his life. And so that's what Jabez is saying. He said, God, I want you to intervene. I want that supernatural favor. And what Jabez is wanting is God's total unlimited goodness for his life. Something interesting here that Jabez does or does not do. He never tells God what the blessing will be. He just trusted his heavenly Father to bless him more than he could imagine. Because sometimes we can limit God in telling him what we want. And it's okay to tell him what you want, but he usually has more. Has been my experience. Matthew chapter seven verse eleven makes sense in that light. If you then who are evil know how to give, 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 good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good things to those who ask Him? God wants to give you more. It's interesting in our lives when we look back. You ever prayed for something and didn't get it, and then after you didn't get it, you found out why? And you were happy you didn't get it? You're, you're shaking your head. That's good. You're still awake. But it's important that we realize that His blessing is going to be more than what we can expect and ask. He's got something better for you, and that is good. Next, Jabez says these words, three words, enlarge my territory. I don't think he's talking about real estate here. It's influence and it's opportunities. Jabez was looking to be more effective. He's really praying here, God, let me reach who you want me to reach. Enlarge my territory means singing, wherever he leaves, I'll go, and then go in there. Enlarge my territory means having a new circle of influence, a new network. 
in our life. Jeannie and I have just been so blessed by God. He has shown his supernatural favor to us, but we've trusted him, uh, and he has blessed us, and he's enlarged our circle. I talked last week about the people that we love so much in Mississippi and in Indiana and in Georgia, and he's enlarged our territory. We appreciate it. My friends from Indiana here, and Kyle, I think this is right. Uh, one of the things that they did at South Ridley High School, where Kyle graduated from, is they made you do a senior project. You had to learn to do something your senior year. And Kyle wanted to learn to play the guitar. And so I played the guitar and I did lessons at church. Kyle, did we know each other before then? Is that how we met? I think that, that's been a long... What year did you graduate? 2008. So this has been seven years ago, eight years ago, because you started early... And so that's how I met Kyle. And so I know I was praying for God to enlarge my territory, and he sure did. Um, I didn't know Kyle's family at the time. Um, and it has blessed me by praying God enlarge my territory. This week, Jeannie's on Facebook looking at what Orban is doing, and there was somebody in the basement, and Jeannie and Ellen got all excited about it, and I didn't know who in the world it was. Adina Manzel. They were. They went to Adina Manzel. Oh, they went to Adina Manzel. Adina Manzel. Chris, frozen. does that mean something to you? Frozen. Adina Manzel was in Frozen. She's saying she was whoever the girl is. I don't know. And so, if that name means anything to you, she has a connection to orbit in their territory, and that's kind of neat. It's, that circle of influence goes all over the place, and it's impressive. When we say God enlarge my territory, he's going to give you new connections and new friends and new adventures. Again, nothing about real estate. And it's a beautiful prayer to pray. God enlarge my territory and my circle of influence. Back to the prayer. Then Jabez says that your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me. That's a beautiful picture. The hand uh, of the Lord is a biblical term for God's power. Look at Acts 11.21. Acts 11.21, the hand of the Lord was with them, the early church, and a great number became believers, and they turned to the Lord. The hand of power is the Holy Spirit of God. And so what Jabez is doing is saying, God, let your Holy Spirit be with me every moment of every day. And great things happen when we yield to the Holy Spirit, because his interest in our lives is better than ours. We don't know the specifics in this individual case about Jabez. But did God answer the prayer? Well, sure. Here we are 3,000 years later talking about it. 3,000 years later. The Spirit evidently did wonderful things through the life of Jabez and still is. That's the amazing part. Still is. When we had our family reunion last Sunday, we all gathered and, and talked we talked about those that have gone on before us that are still having influence on us, that still are enlarging their territory, and they're in heaven. So this prayer can keep being answered for generation after generation after generation. The prayer of Jabez ends wisely. Jabez says, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. We're going to talk more about this next week. 
But you know what Jabez is really saying here? Because what's his name mean? Pain. And he's saying, I don't want to cause pain. Jabez is saying, don't let me be me any longer. Don't let me be in charge. You be in charge. Pain doesn't need to cause pain. You need to change all of that. And I love what he's doing. We'll talk more about this next week. But And you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. If he had not been kept from evil, we would be talking about him today. His name would have been lost in history. I became the minister of youth in 1980 in Aberdeen, Mississippi, the first church I ever served at. And my father was still living at the time. He'd been preaching for 40 years or so by then. And he was a wise and wonderful man. And I'm 21 years old, beginning at my first church. And I remember going to ask him for some advice. Give me something good for the ministry. I didn't know that was what God was going to make me do the rest of my life. I was kind of entering it for one summer to see what it was like. And you know what he told me? He said, if you take a girl home, make sure there's a boy in the car with you. And I thought, are you kidding? That's it? Don't you have anything better for me than that? I thought it was silly. But I followed it. And the older I become, the wiser I see that advice be. Because I have seen people fall to the wayside in the ministry because they gave in to temptation and then they lost their ministry. And as I look back, it makes sense. All of us have seen ministers fall and fall hard because of sin and yielding to temptation and we can name names and it hits the news and all that happens. They were not kept from evil and they caused pain. And that's what my father was telling me in a very specific way. Oh, the trouble we'd miss if we prayed to be kept away from evil. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's what we're saying. And it sure helped my life. That's the prayer. For blessing, for territory, for the Holy Spirit's power, and for protection. And it's a good habit. It's a good prayer, more than a habit. James 4, 2 tells us this. You want, you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight, wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You do not have because you do not ask. You ought to ask. If I were you, I'd save the boat, and if I didn't get one, I'd grab one on the way out, and I would get in the habit of, on top of all your other praying, to pray this through the day. This prayer is not some type of a magical chant. Don't get me wrong. And neither are those emails that you have to forward to five friends. Those aren't magical either. But it is a prayer that should guide your prayers, to let you know it's okay to pray for you, to pray for blessing and territory and the spirit and protection. Keep a record of it and see what God does. And one added benefit, when you receive blessing, when you receive territory, when you receive the spirit's power, when you receive protection, 
you will recognize that God gave it to you because that's what you've been praying for. And you'll look at all of these good things that are happening to you as answered prayer. And you'll give God credit because he deserves it. And he loves it. 